Support for To The Point comes from Bausch & Lomb. Beautiful and healthy looking eyes? It shouldn't be a compromise. Lumify Eye Illuminations, developed by the experts at Bausch & Lomb exclusively for the sensitive eye area. To cleanse, nourish, and brighten. Lumify Eye Illuminations, only in the eye care aisle. Ocular surface disease. It's complex, chronic, and progressive, but rife with opportunity for the enterprising optometrist. The mission of this podcast is to make this condition more understandable and accessible to those interested in specializing in it. So let's get to the point. Welcome to another episode of the To The Point podcast. My name is Jackie Garlick, and I am joined by my co-host, Leslie O'Dell. And we got a little change up here. We normally have a guest with us, but we don't have one this this episode. We're going to be talking to each other about all of these really exciting things that are coming up in 2023 in terms of dry eye treatment. So we're going to talk a little bit about um, pipeline and what we hope to uh, see this year from some of these new drug applications that have been submitted to the FDA. So Leslie, hi, welcome. Welcome to your own podcast. <laughs> Welcome to my podcast, to our podcast. Well, you know, it's going to be a really exciting year. And I thought that's why we we decided to just lay the foundation because this year we're carving out a lot of amazing guests that have a lot of good expertise in all these areas. But this year, I think 2023 is going to prove to be a very um, important year for ocular surface um, docs and patients. So we're hopeful to have the introduction of several new medications as the year rounds out. And, you know, that alone is just very exciting because our toolbox has been growing for our dry eye patients, but it's still not that big, (laughs) you know? And so, you know, I think it's just going to be exciting to see how things go. Um, And I know we're going to walk through what's, what's coming to be, but I, I heard that there's a rumor on the street that you got some new toys in your practice for Christmas <laughs> or the new year. I, I did. I feel like I'm um, just when I think like, okay, that was it. I'm not going to buy anything else. I um, am getting this um, really lovely slit lamp camera. I've been enjoying a lot. So I have. Well, been- I could not live now without a slit lamp camera. Well, what did you end up getting? I ha- so I had a I had a slit lamp camera that just wasn't like working out for me, and I thought it for a very long time. I thought it was operator error, but I don't think so. It just it wasn't great. So I'm trading it in and getting the Marco Ion camera. Have you ever heard of this one? It's like amazing. I love. It. I'm not a paid um, person to speak on this at all, but I enjoy it a lot. <laughs> Yeah. And is that one that just is like mounted to the slit lamp? Yeah. How do you display the photos to the patient? Do you have a side um, monitor? So I'm getting, um, there, there is a way that you can sort of screen mirror what you're seeing on the video, but you can also airdrop to like a, um, like a practice iPad and then show them just what I'm planning on doing. Okay. So Anyway, well, that, like the images, yeah, are that, it makes me take pictures of literally pictures and video of everything. It's so good. I love it. That is awesome. So I'm assuming that you must use one special room for most of your dry eye patients. I, I do. I mostly operate out of one room. I have two. I just, I just, I don't know. I like to stay in my one. <laughs> 
Well, I can, there's much to be said about that. I usually split my time between two um, and sometimes three, depending on the day. And I can tell you, it's such a pain logging in and out of different computers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I can never get my password right. And by the end of the day, I think I'm, you know, more frazzled by that than anything else. (laughs) I got um, the tell screen. um, I'm in, I think it's called slit lamp camera. I've never heard of that. Um, Oh, so Telscreen actually is um, a company that's been around for a while. I did not know that they made their own slit lamps, though, as well. And so the camera is integrated into the slit lamp, which is a nice slit lamp. It has um, like a yellow filter built into it to help you take better images for, you know, staining or tear breakup time. And then it does have like a side mount so I can show the patients there right away. Um, what's always funny is there's like a random picture always up on that screen and no matter what it is or even what color the skin of the eyelid, people always think it's their eye. I know. I have a a screen that you can project to from my other camera and people always be like, oh God, they'd be walking in to the exam. I haven't even sat them in the chair and they see that picture up and they go, oh, is that me? And I'm like, you're not even behind here. How could that be you? You just walked in. But yeah, it's amazing. It's funny. They all think the same. Um, Well, anyway, let's dig into this exciting year that's planned. Um, And I actually have started kind of wait lists in my patient charts, um, which we talked about before that I'm always like, okay, let me say this so that I know, you know, when it gets approved or hopefully if it gets approved, um, that you're going to be that perfect candidate. Um, I would, you know, love to hear how you organize this waitlist situation. Is there? Oh no, it's just built into their chart. So then I have to see them again to oh. know. But I'll say like, um, I think we talked about it once. Like I'll say future thoughts or considerations, and then I'll put Novo three. For oh example. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. It would be nice if it was more organized, but that I'd leave up to you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, let's start with like um, some pipeline drugs here that are, you know if approved by the FDA, we'll see them this year. And let's start with like kind of an in-order in situation. So um, first up would be Novaleek's Novo3. So um, this has a PDUFA date of June this year. So if approved, we'll hear about that in June. But Novo3 is a preservative-free investigational eye drop designed to treat the signs and symptoms of dry eye disease associated with meibomian gland dysfunction. So this is unique in that it works by stabilizing Uh, the lipid layer to prevent aqueous evaporation, and it has the ability to penetrate the meibomian glands where it's been reported to interact with and dissolve the altered viscous meibum in the glands. So this would be a first drop that has anyone ever, uh, that anyone has been talking about treating the meibomian gland, like meibomian gland dysfunction. Yeah. So this is going to be a really big um, opportunity for Bosch and Lom to really um, emerge in this dry eye space. They've been doing some great things in contact lenses with, um, you know, the introduction of the infused line of contacts, really focusing in on restoring homeostasis. But I'm excited to see, you know, how this drug gets approved. And more importantly, from some of the early reports, um, and I think it only took two studies to be presented to the FDA, which kind of speaks volumes to the credibility of the research and and I think really just the performance of the active medication. Um, what's unique about this drug is 
It's a 100% drug, perfluorohexalactane. Um, and so what's also unique about that is there's no water. So you might think, like, what does that mean? But what that really means to the patient is they almost don't feel the drop going in. It has this crazy surface area spread that it immediately hits the ocular surface and is diffuse um, surface area um, coverage. So patients don't really feel it going in. And several years ago, when it was um, first being introduced, I had an uh, opportunity to actually have some of this because it, it has been available in Europe for some time. And it was exactly that. Patients didn't even feel it going in. So I'm really excited for that. And more importantly, um, you know, along with all of these new medications comes a huge opportunity for education. So Bosch and Lom is already hitting the ground running with some great um, disease state awareness messaging. And we need more education around meibomian gland dysfunction. So that is always exciting to me. Um, and it will be our first drug, like you said, approved with that indication for MGD. So I think our patients are going to like having alternate treatments. From some of the science I've seen, it looks like this eye drop, if a normal tear um, supplement or medication hits the ocular surface, it has about a three to five minute residence time. Some of the science around Novo 3 is showing that 240 minutes after application, it's still on the ocular surface. So I've already started thinking about this like some protective shield or like force field to the ocular surface for our patients as they're going through the day. And, you know, almost like a, I'm hoping like a shield or a barrier to evaporative stress. So, you know, it's always exciting to get something new um, and have it in your own hands once you get through that FDA approval. So hopefully we'll have that mid to late summer. Leslie, do you know, so this is approved, I think it's over the counter, right? In Europe, it's not a prescription drop in Europe, like in in Australia and Germany, I know it's available there, but is that over the counter there? Do you know? It is. So this, um, this eye drop, it, it's interesting um, that some things that are medications here are over the counter in other countries. And from what I've learned, um, a lot of that has to do with um, just how you're going to bring that to market and also, you know, what studies that you want to be done. So I think that Bosch and Lom did make the decision to make it more of a pharmaceutical agent, but I think that had a lot to do with just getting it into the States and some things in Europe that don't require, you know, the same level of standards really do require a little bit more here in the United States. So I think that. We'll learn a little bit more about that too, because obviously Bosch and Lom is going to have to educate us as to the why, but yes, you are right. You are right. It is an over-the-counter product, but you know, in, in uh, countries like India, there's a lot of antibiotic things that are over-the-counter. So I think it's just the FDA, you know, makes that a little bit more tricky for us. Mm -hmm. It should, we should also just um, mention that Novalik is going to have a very big June because they also have the Padufidate for Cyclosol for um, June as well. I can't remember which one is first, if it's Novo 3 or Cyclosol, but Cyclosol is a uh, 0.1% cyclosporin in the um, ISOL sort of technology. And that is... Um, 
you know, the, the ISOL is, is helping with drug delivery and better, better penetration into the tissue. But, you know, cyclosol they have is a topical anti-inflammatory and immunomodulating, uh, you know, solution, but it's, it's 0.1% cyclosporin. And is the the indication for that's going to be keratoconjunctivitis sicca or do you know? Uh, I don't think that, I don't know what the indication, what they've listed on here for indication. That's a good question. Maybe just signs and symptoms of dry eye. I'm only curious because of, you know, the introduction of Mercasia this year was also 0.1%, but indicated for allergy. So yeah, um, I just was, we'll have to look into that. Yeah. Um, all right. So the next one that we should talk about is um, Tarsus. We should talk about TPO3. Well, this is going to be another huge opportunity again. And we've already seen Tarsus doing a wonderful job around disease state awareness. Um, I have been able to help publish some uh, quality of life and just burden to the patient um, papers. And um, it, I know you've been doing some of that at work as well. But it's amazing to actually realize what impact Demodex blepharitis or DB has on patients um, and also the prevalence of the disease. Um, So some of those early studies that were done um, by Tarsus were showing numbers as high as 58% of patients presenting to us for eye exams had, had Demodex blepharitis. The quality of life measures that I was most surprised by were um, clarity of vision glare when when driving at night. Um, ones that didn't surprise me as much because definitely my patients have complained about this for years was the negative impact of psychosocial demodex blepharitis has on them. Obviously red rimmed eyes, bloodshot eyes, feeling just kind of you know, at a loss for what to do because there haven't really been a lot of options for those patients or maybe the doctor wasn't armed with the knowledge to make a good diagnosis. So, you know, I'm really also very uh, excited. And I actually remember at OIS in SECO many years ago now that I was part of that meeting and Tarsus presented their early data. And at the end, they, they went to the panelists and said, what are you you know, what was most exciting. And I said, I am most excited about this Tarsus. Um, so I probably said that four years ago. Um, and I'm just thrilled that it's finally getting to the point where it's so, it's so close to in my reach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so Tarsus just as a little refresher on what the TPO3 is, it is lotolanar. So it is a topical drop for the treatment of Demodex blephritis. So it's the drop actually targets the nervous system of the Demodex mite, which will cause paralysis and then death of this mite. And even their their clinical trial data is is really very good. I mean, they're Saturn, they have Saturn 1 and Saturn 2 data. And the combo of both of these trials had over 800 patients in it. But what's really, I think, most interesting about this is how well this drop works. And Leslie, you and I have talked about this before because you participated in some of this, but they had a clinically meaningful cholera cure in 89% of patients. That's huge. That is a huge uh, statistic that's coming out of that Saturn II data. And really, we know with, you know, a collarette um, is seeing that sort of sleeve at the base of the eyelash is pathognomonic for, for Demodex. And so you, you can pluck a lash and look at it under the microscope yourself, but you can, you know, know that if you see that little collarette, that's that sort of sleeve at that base of the lash, that there's Demodex present. So clinically meaningful collarette cure is in 80 percent of patients. And then the other thing that I think is so um, amazing about this is 
you know, dry eye in general is very much a um, cosmetic problem. So eye redness and irritation, really the redness is, is like a big complaint of patients with dry eye. And so in this, in their Saturn II data, they had lid erythema improvements in 54% of patients and then a cure in 31% of patients. So this is huge. Eye lid margin redness is so difficult to treat. I mean, IPL has been very successful for me in that regard, but um, you know, to have a drop that can treat Demodex, and I think also because we now have this on the horizon, we are maybe looking for it a little bit more. So those numbers, I think um, Bill Trattler actually was a part of that study that showed the prevalence of Demodex. I, I, I don't know if that's the one you're talking about, but, uh, uh, you know, over half of patients in, in these like, you know, studies have shown that, that, that they have a presence of, presence of Demodex is, is also huge. And I think it's been somewhat ignored or just like we don't have great treatment options for it before, but you know, if we hear, um, you know, in August that we that we have this approval, that Tarsus has this approval, we'll have a whole new thing to be able to use for these patients. So super exciting on the horizon there. Support for To The Point comes from Bausch & Lomb. Beautiful and healthy looking eyes? It shouldn't be a compromise. Lumify Eye Illuminations, developed by the experts at Bausch & Lomb exclusively for the sensitive eye area. To cleanse, nourish, and brighten. Lumify Eye Illuminations, only in the eye care aisle. Yeah, and it works fast. And I, and I think that's actually, you know, really summarizes a lot of what you're talking about. Maybe not Cyclosol, I'm not 100% sure there, but we're now seeing a lot of data that shows significant improvement um, in clinical findings as early as two weeks. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, also the second message of all these new technologies is we aren't having to wait for um, effects, you know, for very long, which is important to our dry eye patients. And um, I haven't been part of the Saturn one or two, but I've been part of some pilot study that um, is ongoing right now with, with, Lodalaner. And so I finally did get some experience. You know, you read all about this and you're so excited to try it. Um, so I have had experience now with several patients with Demodex blepharitis. And I can tell you that it in two weeks, it's amazing how different the lid looks. And I just am dumbfounded that they're not doing any eyelid hygiene. So when I actually, because in the studies, they weren't doing it either right? The Saturn one and two, no lid hygiene, but yet the collarettes are leaving the eyelid. So imagine how much better this is going to feel the patients, maybe when we can combine it with our in-office lid, you know, or in-office and at-home treatments around lid hygiene and microexfoliation. Yeah. I remember us talking, you were like, man, this stuff really works. I got to tell you. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. I'm just saying that Demodex has been a challenge to me I since know. 2012. <laughs> so <laughs> I am really, really looking forward to my life getting a little bit easier and making a bigger impact for my patients. So on that topic of speed and wanting to give our patients something that works faster, um, let's move on to Reproxilap. So this is from um, Aldera Therapeutics. So they submitted this NDA to the FDA um, kind of near the end of uh, last year. And this is for a drug, an eye drop called Reproxilap. It's a re- reactive aldehyde species inhibitor. So that's also abbreviated RASP. So RASP are reactive molecules that um, bind to like cellular biomolecules, disrupting their function 
and activating pro-inflammatory mediators. So when we have inflamed tissue, it you know releases all of these mediators, a, a variety of them. And one of those is RASP. And so RASP inhibitors is a really novel way to sort of target um, inflammation without using a steroid. So in their studies, they have shown that there is activity ranging within minutes of administration up to 12 weeks. So this is another one that is like a totally new category, new class of eye drop and how to better target our dry eye patients with more speed. Yeah. And I think that it also, for me, has really almost like opened up Pandora's box of of starting to understand just how complex, you know, dry eye can be. And for people who maybe still have an opinion that it's not, you know, something they need to be bothered by, it, it just, to me, is now just amazing that anybody can ever think like, well, dry eye still low on my list after I get through all these other problems for the patient because, you know, even just RASP inhibitors, you know, not something that we even were talking about five years ago. And I can only imagine in the next six to 12 months, it's going to be something that we are learning about a lot and also taking more active role in protecting the cornea, hopefully seeing a lot more down a lot less downstream effects from chronic dry eye, you know, which we've talked about in previous episodes with things like NK and just how tricky advanced dry eye can really be to treat. So I'm I'm also very much looking forward to this. But like I said, this was going to be a really big year for dry eye. So this is our year, Jackie. I know. This is our year. You know what the other great thing about uh, Reproxolapis is that it has applications for allergy as well. And so in our previous, one of our previous podcasts, we were talking with Bersaya about this, about how there's so much overlap between allergy patients and dry eye. And they're submitting um, or they're investigating that from a from an allergy perspective too for Reproxolapis. So it's like two birds, one stone here with this drop. So that is, has a PDUFA date in August. No, 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 excuse me. They just submitted that. So um, we don't have a PDUFA date on that, um, on Reproxel app yet, but that is one of the drops that I am really very excited about. I think that's going to round out a great year. I'm really hopeful that, um, you know, everything goes as planned. And like I said, if even in this year, we have three new things to add to the toolbox, that will be really awesome. The other thing I wanted to bring up was just some of the ongoing efforts around, you know, how a lot of these science, how a lot of this science gets pushed forward is through um, research and aligning doctors and clinicians and researchers with the the needs that our patients have. Um, And a lot of that is guided through the Tear Film and Ocular Surface Society. And so what has been going on kind of behind the scenes over the past two years has been another one of their workshops, which is going to be called um, the Lifestyle Workshop, and it's entitled A Lifestyle Epidemic Ocular Surface Disease. And so this is chaired by Jenny Craig out of New Zealand. She's brilliant. Um, Of course, also led by David Sullivan. But what I'm excited about as this releases is there's a lot of... um, you know, there's so many things we can modify for our patients, but it's almost like hearsay. Um, and we don't really know, you know, what might work good as it goes to, you know, humidification or 
pollution or nutrition sometimes. And so what's amazing about TFAS is just that they dig through all of the research and papers that have been published on different areas, and then they vet it, and then they digest it, and then they give it to us in very easy to understand ways, and then we can apply it for our patients. So this lifestyle workshop is focusing on things like the digital environment, and how digital devices is affecting the ocular surface cosmetics, which I was excited to be invited to be uh, on that committee to really understand, you know, for making these lists and telling people what not to do, like what is really based on science. Um, and then also it helps us know like what maybe we thought we knew that we don't know yet. And there is no science. And then it helps people who do research have ideas over the next, you know, five to 10 years. Nutrition is another one. Um, elective procedures, which is more of like cosmetic things or maybe skin resurfacing. Um, environmental conditions, lifestyle challenges, meaning like you're not getting a lot of sleep. You don't have, you're, you're under a lot of stress. Like, does that have some effect on the ocular surface? Um, and then things that we have seen them put out other literature on around contact lens use. But I think it's really going to be a lot of great data for us to take and, you know, re repurpose for our patients. When will we hear more about the, that? When will we, when can we expect more to, uh, of, of... So I'm hopeful that that's also going to be something that we will see this summer. Um, I know right now at the beginning of, of 2023, they're in their final, they call it harmonization, where they're making sure that everything is, um, aligned and they, um, and so they're working hard for that to hit, um, mid to late summer, which I hope is true because I'm planning to hopefully submit some courses for the fall <laughs> around the lifestyle um, workshop. But so I think that will also be something that we see and hear more about this summer. Lots of exciting things in the dry eye space, Leslie. This is great. Okay. Anything else you want to cover before we end? You know, I don't really have much to add except, you know, I guess this year we'll see what gets approved and then we'll all have a little bit of time to actually apply it to patients. And and obviously then we always learn a little bit more about, you know, how something might work or how it might work differently. And so it's always exciting to, to talk to our peers once these things become available. I actually have a question for you. So when like a new drug, let's say that uh, Novo3 gets approved, do you just go like, I'm going to pre prescribe this for everyone and see like everyone that's appropriate and see like how this works. You know, do you just jump right in and do a lot of prescriptions or are you like, mm, I'm going to ease in and do one here and there and see what the response is. Um, I feel like, I think I actually am writing a lot of prescriptions in general for my dry eye patients. So I probably would say I'm usually all hands on deck. Um, and I definitely, try hard to keep an open mind, whether it's, you know, maybe a side effect that was never reported in the literature during the study um, that a patient might say, or, um, you know, a challenge, you know, it's, meaning if I have one bad patient, I don't let that jade my whole thought on a, a new medication. And I think most people have that open mindset now, or if there's one trouble getting coverage, I don't just think like automatically I'm not going to even try because that was such a miserable hurdle I had to try to get over. So, um, you know, I definitely do try to stay as open-minded as I can. And I, I, for me personally, I try to gain a lot of experience, um, early on for patients, but 
it's not that I am doing for everyone, but you already see enough dry eye patients that you have those one, you know, you have those waiting that need something more. And like I said, I have a list for Novo 3. I have a list for um, Tarsus, you know, definitely this RASP inhibitor. I can already be thinking about patients that are going to be, and and I talk to them about it now. I say like, I, I say this almost, I mean, I say it every day, multiple times, like there is a drug in development right now that I think is really going to be something that you're going to benefit from. And I can't wait for you to have access to it. And I almost like, give them something to look forward to, let them know that I have something in the back pocket. So it's not like they're at the, you know, end of the line and there's nothing more. Um, and, and I think actually that's where dry eye is, is here to stay. And it's only going to get more exciting with what we learn and how we have new options to treat. Um, you know, I, I think it's just going to be such an awesome place in the next, you know, year to five years and, and how we treat and diagnose is just going to be so different. Look at what we learned about, you know, diagnosis and how to sample tears and learn more about the individual tear film and how we can impact that. You know, I think our job is just going to keep getting more and more interesting. Mm -hmm. I agree. Okay. We'll wrap for this episode. We'll be back um, next month, but we'll have a guest. So you won't have to listen to just me and Leslie talk. So (laughs) we'll call it a day for this one. Thanks, Leslie, for talking. Nice to talk with you always. Always a pleasure. And now for the To The Point wrap-up. Be on the lookout for 2023 to be an exciting year for the dry eye doc. Hopefully we will have several new additions to our toolbox by the end of this year. Unmet needs in dry eye will be addressed with the introduction of medications for meibomian gland dysfunction and demodex blepharitis. With these new medications always comes a lot of great information around disease state awareness, and we very much look forward to learning more.